today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. God's Word tells us that He's not going to hear until you come to Him with a heart of repentance. And to come to Him and say, you know what, I messed up. And here's the reality is that we, do all, we all mess up, but it's understanding what you need to do from that point. It's saying, I messed up and I, I want your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. Not just want it, but I desperately need it. Because you are the way, you are the truth. And you have forgiveness. Nothing else has forgiveness except for God, Jesus Christ. Pastor Eric reminds us that God is not like man. Our friends and family, the very closest people to us, will fail us at times. God will never fail us. The key to staying in right relationship with God is to simply confess when we make a mistake, to simply come to Him and receive the forgiveness that He offers. Well, let's join Pastor Eric as he continues with his study through the book of Judges. Judges 18, you guys, uh, part one. You know, there's 31 verses, and I I really desired to get through them all, you know, it's because I love to continue to roll through the Word, but God just is... Continuing to tell me it's not my time, it's his time. And so we're going to be in verses 1 through 10 tonight. I titled the message, Remain Under the Pressure. Remain Under the Pressure. Uh, and, and in life, we, we face a lot of pressures. And we're going to face a lot more pressures as the days go on. But how are, we going to, how are we going to hold up? Because I don't know about you guys, but if you're squeezed, continuously squeezed and squeezed and squeezed, you eventually want to pop. You want to blow up and burst. You know, honestly, in my life, I don't like to be squeezed. (laughs) It's not comfortable. But God has not called me to a life of comfort. He's called us all to a life of obedience. And two weeks ago, we looked at uh, at the start of these last five chapters of the book of Judges, which are not in chronological order. And, and some of the things that we're going to see in the, the remaining chapters of Judges are things that are taking place like right after uh, Joshua died, you know, events that are taking place like right after he died. Uh, pretty amazing. And, and to the point of just kind of giving you, a, a, as a reader, an overall glimpse of the moral decay that was happening within the, the children of Israel. And we saw two weeks ago... In chapter 17, how a man named Micah had a shrine of gods, a little g, right? He was in love with the idea of church and, and the priesthood. In fact, he ordained his own son to be a priest. And then he had a Levite come to his door and he's like, hey, you're a Levite. You're a legitimate like, priest, right? You're from the priesthood. Will you want to be my, like, my priest? I'll pay you. And, and that guy was all over it because that Levite was a, a wandering soul who didn't have a place to lay his head. And so he took the opportunity to be Micah's priest. A recap of remaining chapters of Judges, of like what's going on in the hearts of the people, is summed up in Judges chapter 17, verse 6. And I'll share that. And it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. No king. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. There was no accountability, there was no leadership, and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Yes, God did use judges through the time period here, but as we've learned many times, the people went back to their wicked ways. It's not much different from today. (laughs) People usually can go back to their wicked ways, but God 
being God is continuing to be guiding them through, through their lives, through our lives as well. And so tonight we are going to see in chapter 18 that there will be more information about the house of Micah. Not as much as, as what we'll probably learn next week, but we will see more of Micah's house. And we'll also see a tribe uh, trying to, uh, a tribe of Israel trying to be prosperous. And so let me ask you guys, what, is, what does prosperous mean? What does success mean? I mean, in my eyes, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm, what I think it is. And success in my eyes is like being financially stable, being, I guess, liked, maybe? I don't know. Uh, what do you think? I, I, you don't necessarily, you can be successful and not be liked, you know. But for the mo- idea is that people look up to you and everything is awesome. That's what success looks like to me. But I'm glad that there's dictionaries that tell us what it really means, because I'm so far from a dictionary. It says, success is the favorable or prosperous, the prosperous termination of attempts of endeavors, the accomplishment of one's goals. Looking at that, okay, so success is completing your goal that you set. Okay, I can understand that. I've set goals. How many of you guys set goals? Okay, we're goal setters. Are we goal finishers? Uh, I think that's where we struggle. You know, I know that's where I struggle at is I can have all these goals and, you know, especially getting in shape is like, oh, yes, this is a goal of mine to get in shape. But then you're like, oh, but there's a box of Twinkies, you know? (laughs) And uh, I can start tomorrow or Monday. That's always the thing, right? Monday. If you messed up their whole week, you can just continue to go until Monday. It's like something magical about Mondays, which there's not. It's not always easy to achieve our goals, is it, you guys? Uh, We experience difficulty. And so when does it come to the point when you stop your goal? Is it at the point of pain? Usually in cases, that's where it happens, is when there's a hard, there's resistance, there's pain. Do you stop or do you continue? Do you stop or do you continue? So with that, the Danites, the tribe of Dan, who we will see in 18 here, was faced with a a time of looking for the easy way out. And I think oftentimes in our goals, we can set a goal, and I don't know about you guys, but I'll look for the easy way out sometimes. I'll look for the easy way out because I don't want to endure the pain. So let's read verses 1 through 6 of chapter 18, and then we'll, we'll dive more into it. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. And in those days, the tribe tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So the children of Dan sent five five men of their family from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Ashtola, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, go search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. Why they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? And he said to them, thus and so Micah did for me. He has hired me and I have become his priest. So they said to him, please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. 
in verse 6, the priest said to them, Go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. So here we see in verse 1, it takes us all the way back to a time recorded in Joshua chapter 19, verses 40 through 48, okay? This was a time where the Danites did not have their inheritance given to them by Joshua, uh, or in a sense by the Lord. But they did receive land and territory. And if you do read Joshua 19, verses 40 through 48, which I would encourage you to do so, you will see the Dan's inheritance were the cities of Zorah and Eshtola, and then there was another city that I can't pronounce. So, but you can read it in Joshua, okay? But these towns were located in Judah, okay? And, and Zorah, if you remember, was the hometown to what judge? Samson. Yes, Samson, okay? It was the hometown of Samson. Now, there was a problem with this inheritance. Why, was, why do I say that? Well, because why are they sending out five spies to go spy out more land? The Bible is not clear what they had and what they were looking for the land. There are some Bible scholars that said that Dan could not fully drive out the inhabitants of the land, and that's why they went to look for different land. They couldn't, because remember when the children of Israel came into the land, uh, Joshua says that here's your inheritance, but it's up to you to drive out the inhabitants of the land. So there's some thought which I lean towards that that was probably the case is that they couldn't drive out the inhabitants of the land of the cities that were given to them. So they decided to go out and to look for new land because the battle was too hard for them. Nevertheless, though, Dan sends out five spies to search out the land. They head to the mountains of Ephraim, which is to the tribe of Ephraim, right? They arrive at Micah's house, and they came into the house, and they recognized the voice of the young Levites. And they asked them the three questions. Like, I just kind of picture this scene kind of funny. Like, you're into this house, and they're like, who brought you here? And then they go, before he could answer, what are you doing here? And then they answer the question, then what do you have here? You know, just all these questions right in a row to them. And they said, the word says that they recognize the Levite by the way he spoke, okay? The Levite, as we learned in chapter 17, was from Judah, from Bethlehem. He was in the, Ju- the Judah area. And so either they knew him from him wandering around, or they recognized him by the way he spoke, Now, growing up in the Midwest, I can recognize, I'm pretty good at it, recognize somebody that is from the Midwest by the way they speak. Because they would often say, if you go to a restaurant, what kind of pop do you have? And I'm like, you're from the Midwest. Because how many of you guys say pop down here? Most of us say soda, right? And if you're from Texas, it's Coke. Anyways, so you you can recognize somebody from especially if you're from there, by the way they speak. So the Levite answers them, and he tells them why he's there. He says, you know what? I'm here because this guy Micah made me a priest. You know, And then they ask that question, what do you have here? Remember, Micah had a shrine of gods. He even had an ephod in his house, man. And so it's like, yeah, check this all out, man. He's got all this, and he made me a priest. And that's pretty awesome to, to tell them. And then the spies asked this Levite to inquire God for them. That's not right, because this guy wasn't a legitimate priest. He was uh, hireling. He was acting as a priest. 
And the spies asked him, you know, hey, can you ask God if, if our journey is going to be prosperous, if we're going to have great success here? And the math in this situation is not going to work out because you have a Levite who is operating in sin. You have five spies who are operating in sin because they're, they're seeking the counsel of a, a non-priest. Well, the equation is not going to be guidance from the Lord. You know, sin plus sin does not equal God's blessing. You know what I'm saying? Or the guidance of the Lord in this, heart, in this case. And so I, I thought of this because here they're asking him, you know, pray to God, you know. But this guy's heart was not for the Lord. It was to do his own will and to have a roof over his head and to earn money. And it just struck a chord in my heart and, and made me think of Psalm sixty six eighteen, which says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. What, what is that telling us? If you're holding on to sin, if you're not giving that sin up to God, then God is not going to hear. Isaiah 59, 2 tells us this too. It says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Here's the thing, church, is that God, yes, is always there. It's man that walks away from God. We get caught up in our own fleshly desires and our, and our ways and because we think our ways are right. But God is asking those who believe in him to come to him with a pure heart. And if you, are, if you have sinned or you're continuing to sin... God's word tells us that he's not going to hear until you come to him with that heart of repentance and to come to him and say, you know what, I messed up. And here's the reality is that we do all, we all mess up, but it's understanding what you need to do from that point. It's saying, I messed up and I, I want your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness, not just want it, but I desperately need it because you're the way, you're the truth and you have forgiveness. Nothing else has forgiveness except for God. Jesus Christ. And so you're holding on to your sin. God is saying, you know what? I'm going to continue to let you to be in that sin until you come to me. And then when you do come to me, I will be there for you, child, and I will forgive you. God wants to be the center of your relationship, the center of your life, the center of your worship. We're told that God is a jealous God. If you're holding on to sin, then your sin, you and your sin are the center of your worship. Not God. But God, as I mentioned, is so good. He is so good. Because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And guess what he does with your relationship? He instantly, instantly restores it. Instantly. I praise God for that. Nevertheless, though, you guys, the, the Levites, the, the Levite, I'm sorry, blesses the spies. He tells them that the presence of the Lord will be with them. A man continuing in his wicked ways are easy to say the words, the Lord bless you. God bless you. How easy is that to say to somebody? But if your ways are not right, then what power is that? Because we just learned in his word that the Lord is not hearing you because your heart is filled with iniquity that has not been given unto the Lord. But here the priest is playing the part perfectly. He's playing the part. Yes, God bless you, man. You're going to be prosperous. A very good word for me is that I need to be and we need to be careful with the words that are coming out of our mouths. You know, it says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, and this is Jesus speaking. This verse, you guys, has just totally radically just 
tattooed my heart this, this past three weeks. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. That's heavy. Idle words. I've been guilty of that. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said this in James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And he continues in verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Our tongue is a very powerful member. And what we say with it, here this priest is just throwing out a random blessing, a blessing that was not from the Lord, because the Lord had given the Danites already their inheritance, but it wasn't good enough for them, because they couldn't either fight the enemy that was there, and they were looking for a a greater land. They weren't content. But the tongue, you guys, is a beautiful instrument that God has given mankind. It's a beautiful instrument that God has given to us. May we use it for the glory of God. Jesus went on to say in Matthew 12, 37, he says, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Your words play a huge part in your day-to-day life. In today's age, you know, our tongues have grown extensions. Now, I will tell you this. I actually Googled this. And it's probably not a good thing that I Googled this. But I'm like, extension of the tongue, which I'm speaking about fingers, okay? Because now we live in such an age where we are uh, mobile, aren't we? Many of us use our cell phones, but we're not talking on them. We are doing what on them? Texting. If you see the generation today, it's like this. They're going to be walking around with a, like a crook in their necks, you know, and in and, and, and their backs. I mean, it's like we've lost this idea of picking up a phone, you know. I do it. I know because it's, I'm like, it's easier to text. Well, is it really easier? I mean, I don't know. But I guess it is. But we need to also take this, what God's Word saying about what we say and to what we type. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So now, let's versus. So we need to be careful of the words because, like this guy right here, he's just throwing out a word that wasn't from the Lord. Verse seven through ten, it says this. So then, the so the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the matter of manner of the Sidians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidians, and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Ashtola, and, the, and their brethren said to them, Well, what is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go. I don't know if it's like that slow motion in their conversation, but as I'm speaking there... <laughs> Enter the process, the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is, there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. 
And that's where we're going to stop. So the guys go back from exploring this land. They go up into the mountains of Ephraim. They find this land that is just out there. That is not, there's no, there's no like defense. There's no backup, if you would say. And so they go and they see this land. It's large. There's no one there. And they could take this place, man. And so they're excited about this. And so they go back to their, to their home and they tell their brothers, like, man, this place is great, man. This is awesome. We can take these guys. There is no one that's going to stop us. We're going to do this. And they get, the, they get the charge going. And next week we will see how they go and they actually do conquer this land. And they call this city the city of Dan. And we'll see how that all plays out next week. So they go, they see it, they go, but they also, they're on the, the response of what the Levite told them, aren't they? God will give it to you. But God did not tell them that. A man who was playing the role of a priest told them that. Now, I look at this whole chapter, and I was like, man, you know, it's, it's really good, but, you know, like, how does, it, how does it working in my life, you know? Because here I see a message of contentment. And contentment is a very interesting thing. What does it mean to be content? It means that one is satisfied in what he or she has, not wanting anything more or anything else. So that's a great Bible lesson, right? We can wrap this all up and we can pray and go home. Be content with what God has given you. I would love to say that that's the end of it. But there's so much more to contentment in this that God was just ministering to my heart, especially what a wonderful time that it is in my life to to go through this lesson and and to, and to, to share it to you guys. Dan was not content with the trial that was facing them. What do I mean? What trial did Dan face? Conquering the land that God had given them as an inheritance. That was their task. That was what was set before them by God. God through Joshua, and you read about it in Joshua 19, how Joshua gave the Danites their land. And why do I think it was a trial? Because they wanted either the more land or they wanted to get out of the situation. But again, more, I'm leaning towards their, uh, personally, I think they're leaning towards that they want to get out of the trial of taking on these people. Because if you look at it, they were getting all excited about a land that had no backup. No backup. They could easily come in with no trouble. It was the easy battle. It was the easy way to go. And I look at verse 5, and it says, you know, as they say to the Levite, they say, please inquire of God that we may know whether our journey on which we go will be prosperous. They had a goal in mind. They wanted to find this land, and they wanted to know if it's going to be worth it, if they could accomplish their goal. Because obviously back at home, they were not doing it. They wanted to be prosperous. They wanted to have the success. So being content with trials. Are you content with the trials that you face? Because we all face trials. We all face them. Are you content in the trial that God has put before you? I am often like the Danites, who I'd rather look for the easy battle. I don't like confrontation. It's not my natural thing. Some people thrive off of it. I don't, okay? I would rather, my flesh would rather choose the easy way out. You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. 
CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at grace to the That's info at grace to the Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at grace to the If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520-723-7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible. Now with mobile technology, we have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format. Simply log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes store. Again, our web address is www.gracetothehearers.com. Finally, we'd like to ask that you prayerfully consider helping us continue to expand the radio ministry of Grace to the Hearers. You can do so by securely donating a gift of any amount at gracetothehearers.com. Just click on the donate button. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges right here on Grace to the Hearers.